0: shell sorrow and this is fire and soul a community where awakening leaders and truth seekers gather to unite in sovereignty in today's triggered world featuring courageous and compassionate conversations fire and soul will help you reclaim sovereignty in life love and leadership let's listen learn and stand together as models for our new world starting now Hey there, and welcome back, Fire and Soul family. Today's a really special day for me. I get to share my dear sister Alicia Marie's wisdom with you in a super special, deep and meaningful conversation around meeting ourselves. This one can change your life if you are willing to receive. But before I dive into uh, more context about Alicia Marie, how I know her, and a little bit of her background, I also want to let you know about summer ceremony that is happening this week, and this is a free online gathering that I've been called to guide to help you open your heart, align with self-trust, and awaken your highest self, and if you're catching this dose in real time, it's happening August 17th at two different times, 12 or 5 p.m. Pacific. I'm going to leave the link verbally in a moment as well as in the show resources, but what I love about this is that This is an opportunity to open up not only to the infinite portal that we are all experiencing, but through an an empowered frequency so that you can meet any moment, situation, or circumstance firmly rooted in your personal power, a peaceful mind in the present, which as we've been talking about is the only place your power resides and that feeling of easy trust and deep intuition that you're always guided and never alone, and an embodied sense of your divine authority who speaks and lives your truth. This is the vibration that you'll connect with during summer ceremony, but it will empower you to capture that feeling and expand on its nature long after the ceremony closes. It would be my honor to connect with you there So if you are ready, my friend, to rise to the occasion, reserve your seat at michelle-sorrow.com forward slash summer ceremony. And again, I will leave that link in the show resources. And this dovetails beautifully into my connection with Alicia Marie. And, And especially this conversation around knowing how to even discern, is that higher self? Is that mask? performing as higher self, lower self, masquerading as higher self, and all the nuances of really understanding who we are. So you're going to love this conversation, but just to give you some context, um, even though I've been talking about bringing Alicia Marie on for many months, she and her husband, Robin York, were my uh, plant medicine facilitators back in early April. So I have since then brought on a couple of other participants from that retreat, Natalie and Nicole, who shared about their experiences during that retreat, which by the way, is rare, right? Because most of that stuff is really sacred and wants to remain private, but that speaks to the integrity and the consciousness and the safety in which Alicia and her husband held for all of us to feel really seen and really safe and then fully self-expressed, right? We all wanted to share our experiences with you because we felt divinely helped. Not only through the power of the plant medicine, but also through Alicia and her husband. So there's that. Now since then, she's become my spiritual counselor and then just dear sister. And through our connection, we have birthed a few really beautiful projects together including this conversation as well as the rose Woman retreat that's coming up in late october and as of this moment uh, there is one seat available and you can get that information if you'd like Um, and maybe that seat would be yours at michelle-sorrow.com and uh, yeah check that out or maybe you know explore more deeply into uh how you can get to know alicia after this conversation because i have no doubt that you will be moved by it And a little bit more context on her. Uh, She shares more openly at the top of this conversation, but she is an intuitive guide and spiritual mentor, shaman and medicine woman who has dedicated her life to the advancement of humanity through shadow work and conscious communication. As a trained depth hypnotherapist, she brings deeply embodied intuition and a high degree of self-awareness to integration ceremonies, and conversations, which is exactly that. So my friends, without further ado, please enjoy this deeply sacred conversation on meeting ourselves with my dear sister, Alicia Marie. Alicia Marie, I'm so excited that you're here. I've been telling Fire and Soul Community for many months uh, that you could be coming on the podcast. They know that I've sat with you and your husband, Robin York for Shipibo Plant Medicine that was truly profound and then we connected through your beautiful spiritual counseling. And then we are just allowing what needs to be birthed through this connection, this reunion of Soul Sisters. And a lot of that is right here, this portal that you told me was so important. So welcome to Fire and Soul. I couldn't be more excited. Thank you.
1: <laughs> it here too. Happy to have this opportunity to share the message that beats and lives in my heart so thank you thanks for the opportunity
0: oh it's just wonderful to be able to open up this this heart and soul-led conversation but before we dive into so many beautiful uh, gifts that we have in store that you've studied for so long I'd love for you just to share a little bit about your background and how you came to be doing what you're doing today
1: well to be quite honest, my road was never a, a straight narrow path and what has brought me to where I am now is the journey of learning how to face myself and how to come to terms with the truth of the person that I am. and how to come to terms with the choices that I've made. Mm. Um, And a lot of that was through trial and error and through thinking and imagining that this one specific outcome would mean supreme happiness and success and fulfillment for me only to get there, to find it, to stand in it, to look around and see that I had none of those things. Mm. And so from there, Mm. I began the search. And really that search began with a deep conversation uh, with God. Mm. And in that conversation, call it spirit, call it my higher self, call it the divine, whatever you will, gave me a strong message of what I needed to face in myself and what the specific shadow was that was keeping me from truly having all of that, which I just named.
0: Mm, beautiful. And the specific shadow, is there a way to articulate that?
1: For me, that was a, a shadow of recognition, mm. Um, wanting to be loved and growing up in uh, in an environment where I was objectified at an early age and thought that if someone desired me or thought that I was the
0: most pretty, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not just pretty but the most, the most,
1: yeah. I, the, most the most pretty in the mm-hmm. room or mm-hmm. in whatever circumstance, then I would receive the uh, this, this sense of, of worthiness, recognition, and love that my soul so deeply longed for.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But what was really underneath of that and what I had to come to terms with was um, the ways that that part of me that wanted that became my own little, monster my own little hungry ghost Mm. and you know it was really like the words that spirit spoke to me that day on the rooftop of an ashram is that which you think gives you power is really how you give it all away Mm. Mm. and I realized that if I ever wanted to have the kind of loving relationship that my heart truly longed for. I had to face the ways that I manipulated other people in order to get this set, in order to feel desired or recognized. Mm-hmm. I had to come clean mm-hmm. and it's, <laughs> I want to add that, you know, it's not like we come clean once and then we're done it for the rest of our lives because these are sticky, icky things. My friend calls it an icky, sticky situation. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And I'm not trying to scare anyone away from it because it's the most rewarding process that I think any person or soul can set out on because what lies on the other side of it is true freedom. Yes. But the truth, The truth is we can't have true freedom without radical self-responsibility.
0: Thank you so much for your courage and your honesty. It is so refreshing. We're used to that here, but this is like another level. So I just really want to acknowledge who you are and all that you have let go to be here, fully aware that it does not end. Mm -hmm. Can we go back to maybe 10 years ago or however long it was that you were fully in that recognition? Mask was on, the power was there, the environment, the lifestyle, the livelihood. I would love for you to share a little snapshot of that just to give perspective of what one life looked and felt like versus where you are now. Um, Well, I...
1: Spent about four years traveling the world um, with Motley Crue and Aerosmith. And did shows with the Rolling Stones and was really, you know, deeply immersed in this world of private jets and, you know, uh, and famous people, rock stars, actresses, actors. It's it it was what I found myself e- immersed in. And it was really my dream from when I was a little girl. I I um I I want I I I wanted to express myself. Mm. I wanted to be an actress. Um, I chose an actress because I didn't really know that uh, an acrobat was an option in this way. How I, had I have known, I probably just would have gone straight to acrobat. Um, but it, you know, anyways, that's a side note, <laughs> it, 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 but the truth is it was never, it was never really about that.
0: No, of course I, grew, not.
1: I, I grew up, I grew up really poor and I had a really tough childhood. And I spent my youth watching MTV and thinking to myself, oh, if I could get there, then I would be free of all of these, you know, challenges that I'm faced with now as this little girl who feels inadequate because I don't come from you know the kind of household that i see that other people come from and and somehow for me that equated you know maybe i'm not maybe i'm not worthy of the the same kind of happiness as as you know, Billie Jean, who has both of her parents in a nice dining room table and they all sit down together. And mm-hmm. so if I had all of these things, if I had that recognition, if I had a thousand fans or thousands or 30,000 or 50,000 fans in the audience cheering for me, then I would be free of this deep fear of inadequacy that I'm faced with because I come home to an environment that doesn't look like what I see on TV.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: Yeah. I could spend an hour just on that.
0: If you want to open it up more, I'm here. My community knows too that this is almost identical to my story. If I was famous and if I was on TV, then I would be worthy. I would matter I would finally be loved. Still, there's something missing that hungry ghost that goes back to when we were young, no matter what our lifestyle looked like.
1: We all have a hungry ghost inside of us. Right. We all have a monster on one shoulder and an angel on the other. (laughs) 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 And a bunch of other selves. Wow. (laughs) Just, you know, just for simplicity's sake. And our job is to get to know really get to know the shadow that lives within us. Mm. Because until we illuminate that, as Carl Jung said, until we get to know the unconscious, we Mm. will go through life and call it fate. The Mm. thing about the shadow and the unconscious self is that what we hide there is everything that we don't want to look at right and so it begins to breed blind spots Mm. Mm. in our personality Mm. and you know the 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 that's that that's the real work that's that that's the challenge and that's the gift because what happens when we don't understand that aspect of our of our unconscious process when we haven't made the unconscious conscious it whispers into our, 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 our psyche and into our, our, our thoughts. It shows up as, as impulses that seem completely real. Mm -hmm. And what we'll find is that the way that that will show up in our life, it will, there'll be patterns or situations that repeat themselves, a similar, you know, similar kinds of people that continue to show up. But really what is happening there is, it is our unconscious or unconsciousness looking for resolution. Mm. It wants to resolve what is unresolved in the lower self, the wounding and the trauma. It wants to resolve it. So Mm. it continues to repeat it to give us opportunities. But the problem Mm. is that it is so interwoven with our assumptions and our defenses Mm. In the same respect that it wants to resolve it, it also assumes the historical outcome or the historical stance in order to protect ourselves from the repetition of the negative outcome. But in essence, it just keeps us on the wheel of samsara repeating the mm-hmm. negative outcome because we treat the situation or the person as if xyz therefore they become xyz even if there was a window of opportunity for the relationship to evolve on a karmic level mm. but it maybe that is the karma
0: mm. and there is such a powerful distinction to learn how to discern But it seems that the only way that we can actually know that discernment of is it complete or is it to evolve, right, and resolve comes through knowing of ourselves, a true knowing and a willingness to look deep within into this subconscious, you know, cycle.
1: You bring up a really important point that I, that, uh, uh, okay, I'm going to, track it back to where we just were. It was right there. Okay, excuse me, while I'm having multiple conversations inside of myself.
0: I love it, they're all welcome here.
1: It's um, this, this understanding karmic relationships, Oftentimes we will stay in a relationship long past its due date because there is something karmic. And so then we the, when when there is a karmic relationship, oftentimes there is a sense of, of of a of a of a debt, not necessarily a financial debt, but an energetic debt that is trying to come into equilibrium. Mm-hmm. And so it's this attraction that that keeps us interwoven and engaged in something that might not be totally healthy for us. The point of karmic relationships are not to endure abuse. That's important. The point of karmic relationships are not to endure abuse. The point of karmic relationships and karma in general It is not about what happens to us it is about who we become in the wake of it's happening
0: oh so good
1: and when we transmute that debt inside of ourselves Mm. it no longer has the hold over us that it once did you'll notice in karmic relationships There's this thing where where you're you're trying to come out of this relationship feeling good about yourself or feeling like a good person. And the Mm -hmm. other person keeps showing you where, where you've wronged them or where you haven't shown up. And so that's what keeps you attracted into the loop. So then you keep trying to come out, you know, with, with this sense of of dignity or, or accomplishment, Mm -hmm. but that, that's just the, that's just the magnet. That's just the positive and negative, the polarization that keeps us attracted to the relationship, trying to work out the debt. It's not, about the person it's about the lesson that you get inside of your self mm-hmm. and when you change that inside of yourself oftentimes the relationship will just fall away you will come to a point where you become so sure of your own stance, your own sense of self, your own sense of self-worth, that Mm. you're no longer willing to continue to be again on the wheel of samsara with this person. Mm. It just falls away.
0: And what about the people who are experiencing those wheels, maybe with parents or children? So it's not as easy to say, well, it might just kind of dissolve right they're in our lives mm, okay
1: so okay this is important this is a this is a part of a a larger topic that i want to attempt to weave for your listeners mm-hmm. and on behalf of the divine mm. we are collectively transitioning into a new frequency. Mm. And as we know in our own lives, before any big shift, there's often a rumble. (laughs) (laughs) We are in the rumble. A big part of what this shift is, is a shift of purpose. Mm. It's a shift of our understanding of what real purpose actually is, what real fulfillment actually is. Mm. Mm. We have been handed a concept from our society that says our life has meaning and purpose if we do something big where we receive a lot of recognition, yeah, and if no one notices, then we didn't achieve our purpose. And we can scale this down in a million different ways, but I'm just going to leave it as that. You can turn it into your own, and so we're. We, Uh, we become driven to accomplish our even spiritual goals. Mm -hmm. And let's paint a picture where on our way out the door and we're going to do a really special podcast that really means a lot to us where we're going to have this opportunity to share something really important with Mm -hmm. the world. Mm -hmm. And as we're walking out the door, our mom calls and stops us.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And she's really triggered and she's going through something. And we say, oh, I can't do this right now. And we react to her in the way that is a part of our mutual dynamic and then we get in the car and we're driving to the studio where we're going to do this podcast and we're getting on the highway and you know somebody doesn't let us on and we're frazzled and we're like oh god these people (laughs) and then we you know, slam on our brakes and we get on and we curse the person in front of us. And then we finally get to the studio and we walk in the door and we take a deep breath. (sighs) And then we put on our spiritual face. (laughs) And then we share something meaningful. Mm. And what we have missed along the way are a thousand moments of true purpose. And what we have accomplished is a mask of our spiritual essence. It's not to say that there's not going to be challenges along the way but again again what gives our life true meaning and purpose is what happens Mm. moment to moment think of how many lives we have an opportunity to affect if we just take the time to greet each person with the same wisdom, compassion, and understanding that we're bringing to the masses. Mm. And that takes a slowing down. Mm. And it takes a level of acceptance. Mm. Mm. And the biggest level of acceptance that that takes is a level of acceptance of ourselves. Mm -hmm. To know that we're not always going to have all of the answers for everyone. Mm -hmm. But what we do have is kindness Mm -hmm. and gentleness in our hearts Mm. and the remembrance that it's not our job to change anyone else Mm. it's only our job to be aware and practice facing ourselves and I don't even want to say to change ourselves because I feel like in any moment, all of it is available to Mm -hmm. us. It's just practicing to live in accordance with our higher selves. Mm.
0: So beautiful, wow. for taking such a big spiritual concept that's so multidimensional and multifaceted and bringing it into a construct for us to understand.
1: Let me add one thing. Mm
0: -hmm. When we pick
1: up the phone, Mm
0: -hmm. our first
1: thought, she always does this when something's really important to me. Why Mm -hmm. does she always call right in that moment when I'm about to do something that is really important for me. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that
1: is where the opportunity lies. It's not about your mom, but it's about that thought.
0: Mm.
1: It's it's, It's when we're getting on the highway and we say, these, these, these people, they, you know, why do people in LA always cut people off? (laughs) the
0: general sweeping statements Mm -hmm. what
1: we what we know is underneath a general sweeping statement is what they call an image in path work Mm. and that's what actually leads us directly into the deepest gifts that our higher self has to offer us in this life
0: And this is what I'm so excited to dive into with you today. And what a beautiful preface. Thank you for sharing. And really, um, I think, providing a very safe and sacred space and energy and frequency for us to now just relax and receive this beautiful body of work that you've learned and studied for years, came into Soul Circle, my mastermind, and shared. And now we've been working very deeply on this concept to the best of our awareness and knowledge of it. Um, in real life examples. And so this for me is the ultimate in radical self-responsibility and I use it every day. So I just wanna first acknowledge you for bringing it to my field of awareness because it's a tangible tool that if we are courageous and willing enough to take a look, right, and to listen, So let's talk about the image and how it works with meeting ourselves so that we can be in accordance with our highest self.
1: It feels like um, there's one important thing that you brought up that also feels uh, important to at some point bring into this. And it's... I hear this a lot, and I've come up against it myself, and it it really takes a lot of unpacking. So we don't have to do this today, but I just want to at least say it. Okay. <laughs> that that it's not that things don't happen to us mm-hmm. because things do happen to us. Mm-hmm this concept of radical self-responsibility can really be a button pusher Mm -hmm. and so I I, I want to say that it's not that things don't happen to us it's how we choose to handle what has happened to us so I just want to speak into that one more time because it feels very important moving forward
0: Yeah. And I appreciate that. And you catching that and it brings us back to something we've talked about a lot on this uh, podcast. And it's that it's actually a very famous Tony Robbins quote, and it has the best intentions. It's life is not happening to us. It's happening for us. The thing that I didn't fully get outside of just going right to gratitude is how to process what happened so that I can understand the gift in it and that's the integration piece that you're going to open us up into so so excited (laughs) yeah bringing it full circle
1: so I want to begin this by saying that I am right now presenting a very large concept Mm -hmm. that takes many years of working with to actually fully uncover what is a part of what Uh, we call an image Um, Mm and this is this is no easy task because there's so many layers and sometimes we think we have 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 got it nailed down and then we keep digging and we find that oh there's even a a a greater uh, more pure image that is even underneath of that Mm. and an image is um it is a false conclusion. Mm. It is a false conclusion that one draws about the world that lives in our unconscious. What happens from that image is it feeds into uh, our an aspect of our lower self, maybe, you know, deep down inside, you know, so the image is that um, is that, you know, if I were if I were more beautiful or more accomplished, then I would receive the love I truly desire. And the you know the, the lower self aspect of that would be um, like a, a a deep sense of un, unworthiness, and we would want to protect. Our, 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 we'd want to protect that unworthiness at, at any cost. Mm-hmm. We would want to, to, to defend it and, and keep that, that little girl that feels unworthy safe mm-hmm. at any cost. Mm. And so what we would do is we would create essentially a a mask identity that would get the recognition and love that we so desire in order to prove to ourselves that we are really worthy. Mm
0: -hmm. But what
1: the lower self would do is it would continually test everyone that got close enough to us to see if they really loved us? Mm. Are they willing to prove that they love us? Mm. Mm. What if we push them away? Are they willing to fight to get back, to prove to us that we are lovable? Mm. This is essentially how the lower self will start to manifest itself in our lives
0: mm-hmm.
1: in accordance with the mask. Yes. Again, there's, there's a, a multitude of layers, but essentially what happens is at some point in our development, we decide that we need to protect our vulnerable wound Mm -hmm. and we don't have the skill set yet to really be able to connect with our higher self to understand in a more holistic way what all of this is here to teach us Mm -hmm. so we create a mask in order to get our needs met Mm -hmm. and typically that mask will work for a period of time but the mask will at some point be challenged by the lower self because the lower self wants to know but do you really love me
0: right or the so, mask
1: it, right
0: mm. so
1: it will engage in some kind of drama or trauma mm.
0: in order
1: to be in order to be seen because Mm -hmm. underneath of it all, it really is looking for resolution. It just doesn't know how to get it.
0: Mm -hmm. That's
1: why the work with the higher self is a, a, a cornerstone. It is the cornerstone of really being able to dive into and integrate shadow work. One cannot exist without the other.
0: Mm, so beautifully said. And I, I love how you gave an analogy that seems so general of an image and what that sort of the false conclusion is about the world or our reality within it. And that's such a broad stroke that can be interpreted for anything that we're experiencing. When you came into Soul Circle, we utilized, you taught under the false conclusion and an image of perfection, because most people can really relate to that. Perfection and recognition are such huge themes, right? That we just see in general. And what I see a lot, especially in the space of self-development, no judgment on this, because I'm sure I have contributed to this and certainly participated in this um, in in ways that I may be aware of and not aware of um, is the mask of higher self.
1: Exactly.
0: Huge. So 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 integrated, so embodied. And it's like, I can feel your energy. And and when I know I'm there and I'm wearing the mask, I do my best is to stay off of social media. You know what I mean? I'm like, do your integration. But I, you know, of course, we're also deeply human. I'm up against my shit all the time. And I am so grateful for this process. Yeah. So yeah, the spiritual bypassing to put on the higher self mask that is an epidemic. Okay. So this is
1: really, this is, this is exactly where I hoped we would go. Oh, cool. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Um, So it, it, you know, there's like the, the mask of, of perfection is it's, it's, it's also a, a really general. Okay. But it's like, how do you prove that you're perfect? What, what have you, what archetype around that have you established? And that's important to get to know. So is it uh, serenity <laughs> a mask of serenity, which often covers this like al- aloofness or avoidance. Is it a mask of success? Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Being a go getter? Mm-hmm. You know, that, that you've got it all under control? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And let's examine what's underneath of that mask of, of anxiety of not having control over your life. Mm-hmm. You know, being powerless, you know? So it's, it, it's important to, to really get into those pieces. And then of course, the mask of the spiritual self, Mm -hmm. you know, which is really common in, in this kind of like, you know, intersection that we are at currently. Um, And it's a beautiful intersection. It's authentic and it's true because we are transforming into really high beautiful spiritual beings Mm. and before we can get there we're gonna fumble and and fall and we know the ideal but we just haven't worked it all the way through yet and that's okay Mm. that's beautiful Mm. it's just important that we are real with ourselves in the process and I know what I'm presenting here isn't glamorous mm. but i promise you diving into this work is one of the most profound gifts you could ever give yourself because it's true and it's real mm. and you don't ever have to face that feeling again of feeling like you are, uh, um, what is the word, pretending. Mm-hmm. Um, performing, proving. Performing, yes. You, you know, um, that you're a fake. You know, lots of times people have that, that, you know, that underlying feeling, oh, they're going to, they're going to figure me out, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and I have to keep, proving myself and, and oh, so-and-so put this out. And so now I got to get something out, Mm all. Wash Mm -hmm. it away. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is the most important reason why We need to do this work because when we get into the realm of the higher self, when we learn how to really channel and tap into the higher self, what we will find is the throne of our intuition. Mm, mm, mm. This is the seat of our own deep knowing. This is the peace most of us are searching for. But you can't bypass Mm -hmm. the masks and all of, and the inner child and all of, and the lower self, and all of the other voices that masquerade as the higher self. You can't bypass that. Mm you have to first go through the process to know what is genuinely the higher self because judgment and criticism love to masquerade as the higher self and establish Mm -hmm. ourselves as masters or experts. And we have to be careful when our lower self masquerades as our higher self, hijacking our intentions.
0: Oh, so good.
1: Because what happens is then, it's no longer about the, 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 the true, the pure transmission. Mm. It's about establishing ourselves as an expert, which is right back into the whole wheel of samsara. The thing about the wheel of samsara and the higher self and the mask self is that what we are running towards is what we hope will save us from what we are running from.
0: Oh, so good.
1: And as long as we are on this wheel of samsara, we are never truly free. And we are not truly able to align with the purity of the message that the higher self is trying to teach us. The higher self in its purest transmission is not concerned so much with what is wrong or right. That's duality. And that is back again in this karmic cycle of this is right and this will bring happiness and this is wrong and this will bring suffering. And when we approach helping other people from this place, we establish ourselves as right or an expert. Mm. And on some level, we are, are, are our guidance is obscured by the need to be right. Mm-hmm. This is dangerous ground mm. in guiding others. Mm. Because In the the journey of our lives, when we get past right and wrong, Mm -hmm. what we begin to understand is that our true calling as healers and as guides is not to direct someone towards a specific outcome, but it's to give them the tools that they need to feel confident along the way.
0: Confident
1: that they can face whatever outcome may present itself. Because ultimately, we understand that we cannot control every aspect of our lives by our right or wrongdoings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, that is an immature understanding of the divine or of destiny. Mm. That it's not tip for tat.
0: Mm. This is so beautiful and rich, Um, regardless of whether or not someone is a leader or a healer or a coach or a guide sort of, you know, public facing, just to even go through life right now, right? In this awakening journey there's no blueprint, there's no manual, there's no one way to do it. And yet we're also seeing a lot of that come up of like, this is how you got to get to the ascension. This is how you get to 5D. And it's like anything that I ever see that shows up in that way now, I don't want to deem it as wrong or bad, but it doesn't resonate with me if there's a rule. Hmm. And what I'm hearing and really receiving it at at an even deeper level right now is when we're willing to meet ourselves and work in harmony with all of them. And that takes courage, right? To, To not only acknowledge it, but to listen to the lower self and then to see how it shows up in the performances of the mask. And then to see where higher self was, wanting to come in also and work in harmony. And then the observer self, which is the fourth from this uh, offering of work that you provided is just kind of seeing it all. But this is is where I know we get free. There's a lot of rules right now. And it gets very confusing for a lot of people that like to judge every step, especially if they're used to the false conclusion of it needs to be perfect.
1: So much in what you... said, there's so many key points. I was like, that one, that one, that one, that mm. one. Oh, gosh, I wish we had four hours.
0: <laughs> I'll be back on. <laughs> we'll like, okay, do you have a 10 quick minutes? And I'm like, yeah, and it'll be like, hour and a half later.
1: <laughs> okay, so, so there's- Yeah. Oh, is, um, there's one, one, one thing here, okay. You were speaking about, and I think, I think this is a, a beautiful example about the need to be perfect. Let me try to find a good way to explain this, mm-hmm. but it's, there's a, there's a, there's a connotation in this that is like, that in order to be perfect, I have to be more perfect than. hmm because it would be point it would be a moot point if we were all if we saw everyone as divine perfection. So there's like this this seed of separation in that that says I I need to be perfect mm-hmm. and that that's really important because what that says to us is that we are bargaining on behalf of our, uh, the will of our, of, of, of our little selves, our individual selves, mm-hmm. not on behalf of divine will, mm-hmm. right? Because divine will doesn't see us against something else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it, just, just as a, you know, a, a a little piece of of um a, a awareness, something to to just observe in our in, in ourselves when we're sorting these things out. Um, you know, and hmm. again, just, there's just so much to everything that you just said i'm having trouble choosing which nugget to pull out Um, but i will say you know you said something about you know the blueprint Mm. Mm. what is the what is the blueprint i think that that is essentially what it is that we're getting at here is that the blueprint is not it is a it, it 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 is a one size fits all, but it's not a one size fits all. The blueprint is it's about love over fear. It's about compassion over comparison. Mm-hmm. It's about acceptance over judgment. Mm-hmm it's about forgiveness over resentment Mm. it's it's really scaling things back to the most basic virtues and Mm. you know sometimes I use language like this and you know, people get upset about it because it feels religious, but, you know, virtues are virtues Mm -hmm. and, you know, the seven deadly sins are the seven deadly sins. And if we break down the different aspects of the lower self and the mask, you're going to find underneath of there, the seven deadly sins. Mm -hmm. Someone knew what they were talking about whether you believe in the bible or not <laughs> it's that is that is divine wisdom that has been put on earth and it's in a multitude of sacred texts they're all saying the same thing mm-hmm. so you know it's about not over complicating the mm-hmm. things and trying not trying, doing our best
0: Mm -hmm.
1: to come into a place in ourselves where we're able to recognize when we are reacting to a situation Mm -hmm. and what part of ourselves is reacting to that situation.
0: What part? Yes. The whole premise
1: of this is learning how to name it. Mm. A beautiful book written by Ursula Le Guin, The Wizard of Earthsea. Mm. And in this book, the way the wizards use magic or practice magic is by learning the rightful name of things. And when they know how to call something by its true name, they can work with the energy or have, I don't like having power over it, but essentially in the book, that's what it is. Like when you know the true name of the wind, you can command the wind. When you know the true name of the rain, you can command the rain. You can Mm. call the rain. You can work with the elements hmm it's the same with the shadow mm. when you can call it by its true name it's no longer unconscious yes and when we can shadow. make the unconscious conscious it no longer has the same hold on us and mm. it will come up even if we can name it but we won't blame it mm-hmm mm. which going back to the cycle of samsara is what frees us because we can see that some part of what is coming up here is our soul's lesson and the reason why it takes years to get to the heart of what really what really lies at the heart of an image is that it's it's not just some little belief or conclusion. This, these are the things that our soul incarnated on this planet to learn. Mm. And oftentimes these main patterns are reflected of the circumstances that our soul chose Yes. To come into in this lifetime mm-hmm. to learn about that are a part of a continuation from another lifetime. Mm-hmm. And yes, we can do past life regression and that can be helpful, but it's not even necessary. All that is necessary is that you can get to the heart of it mm-hmm. in this lifetime. So you don't have to bring it in to the next lifetime. This lifetime is actually an offering up mm-hmm. and a freeing of our soul's incarnation, future incarnations. Mm-hmm. We want to focus so much on doing past life regression, mm-hmm. but what about future life progression?
0: Mm-hmm that is such a beautiful perspective and i don't think i've actually heard anyone talk about it that way so many of us feel punished for our past karma right and we've got these stories and these traumas that have been playing out for as long as we can remember in this current life and then you add on the whole great reset you know whole thing that's going on too and it some 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 can feel like it's just hard but i love this like what if we live this life in an honoring toward resolving because of the way in which we are now consciously responding to the karma that we agreed to experience. And consciously teaching others from that place.
1: That's the most important thing. By simply being it. Well, because once we're aware of the voices that masquerade as the higher self, Mm -hmm. we can actually facilitate a very deep communion with mm. the energy of the higher self and we bring that through our mm. coaching our intimate relationships um our you know daily encounters
0: mm-hmm.
1: and yes. that's how we manifest a true sense of purpose
0: in mm. our lives that's so beautiful see this is the piece that is it is just blatantly missing from most work that's out there. Self-development, personal growth, spiritual growth. It's this integration piece. There's a there's a lot of bypassing you want to go right to higher self that unfortunately is usually probably a lot of masquerading, right? And there's no judgment on any of this. I know when I've experienced it and still do in moments and I'm able to catch it, you know, because I want to be so clean inside. The whole point is to learn how to meet any moment. It's to learn how to meet any moment.
1: Yes, that's to how learn we- how To meet, meet every moment. You know, it's really the juice of this work lies in the minutia. And you <laughs> really have to get So devoted and diligent Mm -hmm. to fully, fully uncover it or unmask it.
0: Yeah.
1: I find new levels really almost daily. But what I can say to you um, and to your listeners. The shift is this, mm. I'm, I don't feel so upset when I come up against a really huge challenge or an argument or a mishap or a wrongdoing because Through my observation, I can see now that these are the experiences that give me the deepest insight into what I have yet to work through. Mm -hmm. And that's the big shift, is that challenges are no longer scary when we've learned to be curious about them. Mm. When we've learned that it's safe to ask questions, Mm. deep questions and real questions. Mm. For example, recently for me, I was thinking very deeply about my desire to be liked I ran into a situation where I I didn't feel liked uh, by someone. And what that triggered in me was like, well, wanting to make sure that um, even if that person didn't like me, that everybody, that that they weren't poisoning the well and getting other people to not like me. That, oh, that really pushed my buttons, you know, to think that someone may be, you know, launching a, you know, some kind of smear campaign, getting people to not like me. And then I was like, what? Wow, this is like, this is, this is really, this is really pressing into my deepest places. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. I relate.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I just need a drink of water.
0: Mm.
1: And so I started to really examine this and I was, okay, let me really look at this in myself. What are my feelings around this? What are my observations? I can see myself wanting to compensate for the fear of not being liked by one person. Mm. I can see the moments in my life where I try. I call it a case of the tries. Mm-hmm. it makes me it allows me to have a sense of humor about it I'm like oh I have a case of the tries oh she's just got a case of the tries mm-hmm.
0: it,
1: it, it just gives me a little giggle mm-hmm. but what I realized in that in in the tries is like one of them like that it's like there's these moments where I, that I can observe where I'm like too much for someone and correspondingly, there's moments that I can observe where I'm not enough. Mm-hmm. And I really started to look at how I internalize this process. And I started to look at how I compensate for that. And the ways that I you know, try to go out of my way to get to, 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 to be liked or to please other people. Mm. And what I realized in that, to keep it short, is that the moments, in the moments where I'm too much, I'm actually trying to compensate for the fear that I'm not enough. Mm. Mm-hmm. And Allowing myself Mm. to really, truly have that realization and to not mask it or gloss it over with, well, it's, it's their problem. This is who I am. I like this about myself. Allowing myself to not gloss it over like that and actually come to terms with what is really underneath of that. It's not to say, you know, yeah, it is their problem. Yeah, there are plenty of things I like about myself that maybe somebody else isn't going to like about me. Yeah, all that may may be true. But let's not use that to avoid the truth. And the truth Mm. is, is when I'm too much, it's because I'm overcompensating for the fear that I'm not enough. Mm. And if I can sit with that, I can experience great transformation in my truest sense of self-worth.
0: That is beautiful. And what's so beautiful is that even when we don't know for sure if we were too much or that we even had the case of the tries to being even as an occurrence. Yeah, I think I just said that the same way twice. It still comes back to what's really happening is that we're we're worried, convinced, obsessing on that we're just not enough anyway. Thank you for sharing that because I don't know who can't relate to that feeling like we're too much, even if we're not too much, but really it's because at the core, it's so deep around not feeling like we're enough.
1: I would say, well, not only I would say this, I've you know asked many of my teachers, like if we were to we were to to distill it and distill it what is the most common theme and most often it does come down to this feeling of unworthiness yeah and in pathwork they talk a lot about um the guide speaks about perfect love Mm. desire for perfect love and how it's uh, really an immature concept and mm-hmm. it doesn't really exist. Mm-hmm. But we go through our lives assuming that the reason why we didn't see, that the reason why we didn't experience perfect love is because we weren't worthy of it. Yeah. And that's, you know, I think such a, a big piece that we're healing on a collective level.
0: This is why this work is so important. And it's why I feel so devoted to having these conversations that feel heavy for people.
1: But it's where the truth is.
0: It's where the freedom is and I love how you shared in soul circle when you came in as our guest facilitator and you said that the invitation is to be in a constant devotional state of integration. Mm-hmm. And then when you do, it does get easier, you become more curious, you catch things quicker, so it doesn't have to always feel like it's the heaviest burden, every moment of every day it's like, you catch it and you give yourself more grace and higher self is like, yeah, like, we're learning to work in harmony together, right as a team, not so afraid to look at it so that when it does show up yeah it's intense because you haven't looked at it for a year, been suppressing it down for a long time. Right. So, this is what I love about this idea is that if we just can be willing to be present with it, it's not as scary all the time. The, the, the goal is through
1: that devotional process to get to know those other voices and parts of ourselves really well, to give them a seat at the table, they have something to teach us, they have an important message. And you know the when we can actually take the time to listen to what they have to say, they're no longer hijacking the the whole system and masquerading as protection um, or or the higher self. And what that means is that we get to develop a more Authentic and steady connection with our higher self. Mm.
0: And that's what we and all long for.
1: It is what we all long for because it's a direct line to source. Mm-hmm. You know, like some people have asked me. You should you know, teach a class on, on intuition. I want to learn more about your process. Well, honestly, that, that's, that's the secret to my process. The secret to my process is really just tuning in with my higher self and from that place, allowing myself to tune in with someone else's higher self. Mm-hmm. And when we're able to have that kind of connection and communication, magic happens.
0: Ah, oh, for sure. For sure. It is amazing. And, and then it becomes a full knowing when it's a yes or a no. There's no vacillating and confusion and chaos running our nervous systems. We become embodied. And it's not rhetoric, right? Or hyperbole it's actually a, a, an embodied sense of our divine authority, not from a masqueraded point of view, but like we're, we're in it, we can feel it. And what's so beautiful is that then we can give ourselves permission to not be in it too. And that that's okay, and that there's no bad or wrong, or it's like, it's all just part of our growth and evolution. And that's, that's the part that is the nuanced self-love that allows us to deepen into our divine realization. Oh, it's such, such, such good stuff. We thought we'd go about 45 minutes y'all and Alicia Marie and I are still here. So there's so much more and there will be more. I don't know if there will still be one seat that remains for the Roseman retreat that you and I are co-facilitating together at your private residence in Ojai where I got to sit um, and experience plant medicine with you and your husband in a beautiful group many have been on this podcast, Um, but there is still one seat as of right now, when we record so that you guys can find at michelle-sorrow.com. Alicia, where can my listeners connect with you if they'd like to dig a little deeper or maybe work with you one-on-one? Embodytruth.life. Okay. I'll make sure that I add that in the show resources and um, and I know that you are an upcoming guest in the next round of Soul Circle, uh, which I am very excited for uh, and grateful for. And I know that you and I are cooking up some really cool, divine concepts together behind the scenes. And, and that for me is like a beautiful, almost a reward of doing the deep inner work, right? I was scared to death to go and sit and plant medicine again. and it was exactly what I needed. It introduced me to you and it's just been this beautiful sisterhood that I am so grateful for. Started off as you are my guide and facilitator. Then I hired you many times and still do as my spiritual counselor. And then a true, you know, yeah, sisterhood has been birthed and now we we recognize where there's more divine purpose for us to to lean into together um and i'm just so grateful to know you for who you are and all the work you've done to get to this place in your life your humility your grace your presence you are such a beautiful inspiration to me and i just love you
1: Mm It's such an honor, Michelle, such a deep, deep honor. And the love is so mutual. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, before I go, I really want to say some words of gratitude for the work that you're doing. Mm-hmm. It's like um, we are moving through the eye of a needle right now. And through your words and through your prayer and through the devotion of your podcast and your work, you are ushering souls through the eye of that needle. Thank you so so much. And thank you for giving me the opportunity to share in such a deeply authentic way.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Words could can- words can't even express it
0: <laughs> mm. i love you i love you such a beautiful soul. thank you <laughs> thank you sister thank you for listening to fire and soul If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on your favorite pod player. And if you'd like to connect on social, you can find me anywhere at Michelle Sorrow. Or if you'd like to reach out to me directly, you can at fireandsoulpodcast.com. Thanks for listening.